welcome to episode number 22 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are starting a new series today. It's going to be about nine podcasts over the next three weeks dealing with the issues our veterans are facing today. Those of you who are tuning in today may have heard or listened to the past 21 podcasts we've had on Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, but this entire podcast is dedicated to the topic of quality Christian living. It's how believers in the Lord Jesus Christ can live a quality life, and it will cause us to do get involved in many different areas of discussion. We've discussed finances, and we'll continue to speak about that in the future, the topics of faith and healing and miracles and prayer, subjects such as generosity, marriage, and various topics we'll be discussing as these podcasts continue on from week to week and month to month and hopefully from year to year. So I want to focus because we're closing in on Memorial Day and I'll be doing something similar at the end of the year before we hit Veterans Day and give a two or three week series dedicated to our veterans. Now, I come from a long line of veterans. My uncles were in World War II Marines. They fought in the South Pacific. My father served in the Navy in World War II. And we've been committed to serving our country whenever we had the opportunity. My brother wound up serving for four years in the United States Air Force. My brother-in-law, four years in the United States Air Force. And some of the dearest friends that I have in the entire world are former military veterans who we've become very close connected to. I've started up a ministry at our church entitled Vets Helping Vets, and that's designed to help veterans from all forms of services, all branches of services, and also those who've served in various countries all over this world. But today, the focus will be on issues that face veterans. I'm going to talk about two particular subjects dealing with the illnesses that have come down to some of our veterans. One of them will be on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. The other would be on the effects of Agent Orange that has been sprayed upon the veterans in the Vietnam Wars and other areas of service. So we've got some big topics. We're going to talk about the Veterans Administration and talk about what we can do to help our veterans and how we can let them know that we care for them and deeply appreciate their service to our country. You know, the Bible talks about veterans, talks about those who've fought for freedom, talks about those who've sacrificed their lives so that others can be free. In John chapter 15, verse 13, in the New Living Translation, it reads this way, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. The numbers of deaths that have occurred to United States military servicemen and women varies from war to war and varies from department to department where you check. But the latest figures I have received from our military is that during the Civil War, we lost 620,000 men and women. In World War II, approximately 400,000. In World War I, 120,000. Vietnam, about 58,000. Korea, 37,000. I could go on and on, but I don't think that's really going to bless anyone. What I'm really showing you is that veterans have paid the ultimate price since our country was started. So therefore, they deserve honor. They deserve to be welcomed back to their country. They deserve to receive the best benefits they can possibly get from our country. And they, they really specifically need Christians to reach out to them, to care for them, to love for them, love them, and offer help to them, whatever their challenges that they're facing today. 
So let me give a big thank you to all those who've served in the military and all those who had family members who served and those who maybe lost loved ones during one of these many military casualties that America has suffered. You may wonder why am I speaking about this and what gives me the right or the authority to even talk about this? Well, I don't want to boast and please forgive me if you think that I am, but I served in the United States Army for only two years, but it just happened to be during the Vietnam War from 1966 to 1968. For those who served in the Vietnam War, remember coming home wasn't particularly exciting. Oh, we wanted to be back with our wives and our families and our loved ones, but the reception that we received was pretty ridiculous. And it took a lot of years to get over that, to feel like people really cared about you. So let me just say this. When you see a veteran, regardless of where they serve, regardless of what branch that they're in, always give them a thank you for your service. In addition to that, those that you might see a little baseball cap they're wearing that says Vietnam veteran, it's kind of nice to give them a little welcome home. That may not mean a lot to you, but trust me, Vietnam veterans wanted to feel welcome home. And America has changed so much in the last 50 years since the war. But I can tell you right now, that's the best thing you can tell them and let them know that God loves them. Let me just make a brief comment about Vietnam. First of all, when I came back from Vietnam, I didn't want to talk at all about it. And most military men who've served in, especially combat areas, feel pretty much the same way. It was that way for the veterans of World War One, World War Two, Korea, and so forth and so on. Even the fellows who are coming back today, the great military that we have today. And I personally think that our military is the greatest it's ever been. And I want to thank the Lord for that. And I want to thank the Lord for those who volunteer to serve in our military forces. But you know, the Vietnam War really bothered me deeply. And I wasn't a Christian when I first came back from there. It took me several years to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because I had a lot of resentment. I had a lot of discomfort in feeling why I went there and why the people didn't receive me. You know, the Vietnam War created more division in America than all of America's modern-day conflicts and wars combined. As a matter of fact, the culture of America was under attack, not just simply the war, but our culture was under attack. We had so much, so many things running around like free love and drugs and anarchy were, were birthed in our country. With the assassination of, of President John F. Kennedy in 1963, Martin Luther King in 1968, Robert Kennedy in 1968, and the war in Vietnam, America was facing one of its most turbulent times. And I know recently here in 2021 and 2020, we've had a lot of turbulent times. We've had a lot of difficulties and challenges in our country. The COVID virus thing has been so devastating to so many and so many lives were lost. But I can tell you, looking back at times of war, you either people either get behind it and support or they fight it and make our troops feel totally unwelcome and make our troops feel that what they did was kind of worthless. Now, my goal in this series, and, and like I say, they're going to do a total of nine episodes of this. My goal is to examine how young men and women were emotionally, spiritually, and physically impacted by their service in all the wars, whether it be Vietnam all the way up to the more modern Afghanistan. And in, the, in this, the book that I wrote, there's a book that I wrote after about 40 years of being coached by my wife to, to write one. It's entitled Vietnam Before, During, and After, A Young Man's Journey. It's on Amazon. I'm not trying to put a push to, to buy the book. I just want to let you know that it's the story of what it was like for a typical young man. I wasn't a Christian when I went into Vietnam, but the story of what life was like in America before the war. And then during the war, while I served there, 
what life was like in America and then also in Vietnam. And then finally, when I came home and what it was like to come back and the, the reception, if you want to call it that, that Vietnam veterans received. It was very, very challenging and very, very difficult. But this book I know has helped a lot of people. It's something that our young people seem to be very interested in. And a lot of young people are not being taught about the sacrifices that were made by our military men in all the previous conflicts and battles that we've had and wars that we've had uh, with America, with other countries. So I encourage you to maybe in, let, let your young people know and talk to them about what took place in World War I and II and Korea and, and up to date to Afghanistan and let them know what a sacrifice it is for these young men and women to, to go out and serve their country. They could get, get regular jobs. They could go out and do something that would help a lot of people and maybe help their pocket book, but they can't do really very many things better than to sign up to serve their country. And I am so thankful for America's veterans today. And matter of fact, it's kind of difficult to even talk about it because they've sacrificed so much. In addition to my first book, Vietnam Before, During, and After, I did a follow-up book because of the challenges that people face from their service in specifically in Vietnam. But I found out that it applied to not just Vietnam, but all military activity all the way up to today. So I wrote a book entitled Vietnam II, Impact of Agent Orange and PTSD. Now, I'll get into detail in upcoming episodes about PTSD and how it affects people today. And I do want to spend time talking about Agent Orange. Personally, I was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer, multiple myeloma, 50 years after I came back from Vietnam. And when I told the military about it, they immediately said, yes, it was their fault. Agent Orange exposure is what caused it. And they've stepped up and the, the Veterans Administration has paid for my RX prescription drugs. I've gone to the Mayo Clinic for help with this. And the medication that I needed, I had no idea it'd be so expensive, but it's cost approximately $130,000 to $140,000 a year for my prescription drugs to fight this terrible disease called multiple myeloma, also known as bone marrow cancer. When I was diagnosed with that disease, I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How can I afford it? How can, what's going to happen to my body? And I had a good doctor and I had you know, great physicians and all this, and it was really wonderful. But the Lord intervened and helped me have favor with the Veterans Administration, and they decided to help pick up the medication costs. So I bring that up because I think it's important to understand something. Many of those who served in Vietnam, or many of those who have served in various wars, various conflicts, or just in regular service without a conflict, have been exposed to chemicals, they've been exposed to toxic chemicals, they've been exposed to the, the chemicals that were in, in their water, in their food, in the, the lands that they were, they were serving in. And those exposures are not all known right now. So I would encourage all veterans, please, at least once a year, go to your doctor and ask, or at least ask the Veterans Administration to do a blood test for you. And they can do extensive blood tests to find out if there's anything in your blood that has caused you a problem with exposure that you may have had to various toxic chemicals. That's how it was discovered in my own body. I went to the Veterans Administration because I wanted to get my regular medication from them every year before all this was, was found out, this cancer thing. And so while I was going there, they decided to do blood tests, extensive blood tests. And they did several pages of blood tests. I took those blood tests to my regular doctor. He looked at them and he said, there's a problem. 
The findings in my blood work showed that I was a major candidate for bone marrow cancer. And so he did extensive additional testing at, at the Mayo Clinic and they diagnosed what I am currently being treated for. Now, thank the Lord, I'm still around. I was told when I came down with this that I had six months to live. And I remember when they said that to me, the doctor looked at me and says, you know, this is pretty severe, pretty bad. And we're, we're not really sure how the medications we're gonna give you are gonna work. So if they don't work, I would say you probably have a maximum of six months to live. Well, I looked at him and I thought, well, how am I going to respond to that? So I looked at him and I said, you know, I guess what you're saying is you're trying to scare me with heaven. Now, I don't say that to make myself sound like a spiritual giant or say that to try and let you think that I'm some special individual with great faith. I only said that because that's the first thing that came to my mind was if I was to lose my life today, where would I spend eternity? And I looked at this doctor who was not a Christian at the time, and I told him that my faith was not in medication, my faith was not in all the issues that America had, American pharmacies and stuff had to offer, but my faith was in my Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're struggling with a disease now or some kind of illness and you're maybe facing a death sentence, let me just tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there couldn't be a better time than right now to ask him to forgive you of your sins, to repent from your past and receive him today as your Lord and Savior and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will spend eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Another reason that I brought up this situation I was diagnosed with is that when I was there, the doctor looked at me and he said, now, I understand that you served in, in Vietnam. I said, yes, absolutely. He said, "Had you did you have any exposure? Were you around Agent Orange, the chemical, the, the herbicide that was used to kill the vegetation there? And I said, oh yeah, it was every day. They sprayed around us all the time. The foliage was all dead and killed. And he said, so then you should check with the Veterans Administration and see what they'll do. I filed a claim with them. And in a matter of just a couple of weeks, they took full responsibility for it. I bring that up because Lately, in the last few years since this came into my life, I've noticed a number of men who are coming down with diseases and things that probably came from their service, whether it be Asian Orange or whether it be other type of toxic chemicals or whatever it might be, even the issues of PTSD, which we'll get into later. And that is that they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know about going to the VA. I, I have a situation, a friend that I've had for years, and I asked him about when he had a problem. And he said, I said, have you thought about going to the VA and get some help? And he said, oh, I, I wouldn't go to the VA for nothing. Well, that's the attitude that a lot of people have. But in reality, they have improved their treatment centers significantly and they do want to help. And I believe the people that work there are, are good people that want to help our veterans. So if you've not been checked and you can't afford to go to another place to be checked out, then please check with the Veterans Administration and get help. In addition to that, if you're struggling with any type of blood cancers or, or diabetes and various things, there's incredible amounts of information available through the Veterans Administration and the, the Department of Veteran Affairs in Washington, D.C., where they can give you information about what to look for if you were exposed to various toxic chemicals. And, and now they're talking about those who are around places, dumps and things where they were burning trash and things and the smoke that went up, that there's possibility that there's toxic fumes in there that could be causing people a lot of problems. So I encourage you to get checked if you're 65 years of age or older, then Medicare will pay for most of it and you can probably get the help that you need. But the key is the sooner you find something like that, the, the easier it is or the greater chance you have of being re recovered from it. So I just pray that God will help you and give you that encouragement to go out and seek some help. 
Now, some of you are out there uncomfortable with going to the Veterans Administration Hospital or talking to the Veterans Administrators. Then another avenue that you could use would be to contact your congressman or United States senator. They're generally improving in their concern about helping those that need help from the Veterans Administration. There's a lot of programs out today to help our veterans. It's improving radically. However, there's a tremendous amount of improvement that still needs to take place. But allow me to take a few moments and address those people who are not the veteran, but maybe they're the spouse, husband, wife, children, grandchildren, friends, pastors of people who know a veteran someone who basically has been in contact with them and they're aware that they're going through some physical challenges and even emotional challenges. So I would encourage those of you out there who are aware of veterans to stay in contact with them. Make sure that they're aware that someone really cares. And the reason I say that is it's staggering to think today that every single day in America, there's approximately 22 veterans who commit suicide. Matter of fact, in the years, in, in just a few years that I've been working with the Veterans Administration because of this diagnosis, I can tell you that they are warning you when you call up if you're considering suicide, there's a suicide helpline, but there's a lot of guys out there and gals who are suffering from the effects of serving in the military. And it's not just physical issues like cancers and things that have come upon them, a loss of hearing or a loss of a limb and all these various things. So I would encourage you to make sure that that person is, is, feels wanted, feels cared for, and we can do that by just simply letting them know we appreciate them, maybe give them a card at their birthday or just something to let them know that you're thankful and, and appreciate their service to our country. Now, I, I feel that it would be a good time maybe to talk about the issue of post-traumatic stress disorder. When I first went to Vietnam and I came back, then I came back home and yes, I did see some combat. I was a little close to it. I was not a combat soldier, but I was in an area where we were, you know, the sniper fire and things of that nature came in. Our compound was under attack during the Tet Offensive. So I'm not trying to boast. Please, please don't think that I'm saying that, but I don't know what it's like to be shot at. I do know what it's like to see men who have been wounded. And thankfully, I was not wounded by a bullet, but I was wounded with Agent Orange. So let me just say this. There's people out there that when they when they come back, they don't realize what they're going to go through. When I came home from Vietnam a long, long time ago, they used to call what we call PTSD today, they called it combat fatigue or shell shock. And I heard those terms and yeah, I came back home and I was pretty uncomfortable at times, but I had no idea that for the first four or five years, I was really challenged deeply with PTSD. Now, during those years, I was not a Christian. So I had a lot of other stress and a lot of issues I didn't understand. I went to Vietnam unsaved, came home not knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And for about four, almost five years after I came home, I suffered with PTSD. And the reason I know that I suffered with it because my wife would tell me that during the nights when I was thought I was just having a regular nightmare and having those experiences, my wife would tell me that I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would start talking and I'd start maybe yelling and I'd be sweating profusely and she would get nervous for herself and so she'd get out of bed and sit over there and watch and she said you would sit there and yell at people and say things and just go through all kinds of things and she says and then after a few minutes you'd calm down and go back to sleep. Quite, quite frankly, I never remembered those events. But I do remember the years of, 
of heavy nightmares. And, and the, the, the concern that I had, if I would see a gun or if I would see, I couldn't bring myself to watch movies about the military or World War One or World War II. I didn't understand why, because I really enjoyed those before I came home from Vietnam. But I just completely shut out those issues. And then people would come to talk to you about your service. And it seemed like every time they talked to you, the first question they wanted to ask you was, did you kill anybody? And I thought that was probably the most disgusting question that you could ask someone who just had came back from military service, especially in the combat zone. So I was struggling with it and having a challenge with it. And it went on for several years. I didn't realize that that's what I was having. Now, I've since realized that, yes, that was extreme. And it's funny, about almost 50 years later, when I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, my wife was encouraging me to write and to get this information down for our grandchildren and, and kind of a legacy of passing it on to them, let them know how good God is and how wonderful he is, how he brought me through these things and brought her through these things. But we, I wouldn't want to talk about Vietnam. I didn't want to talk about the issues. I didn't want to talk about what it was like there. I didn't want to see any pictures that I had taken to the place. And I stayed away from that. But then 50 years later, when the, when the diagnosis hit and all of a sudden I want to write a book, everything came back. And for the first couple of years that I was putting together these books on Vietnam and my experiences there and talking to veterans and at the veterans hospital and talking to fellas and gals who are currently in service or those who served many years ago, I found that the PTSD nightmares came back and I found that I was struggling with things and, and I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to watch anything to do with the news on Vietnam or documentaries or anything like that. And even now, not too crazy about it, I can, you know, look at some news and stuff, but I don't want to sit there and watch what took place in, in the war back in those days. So today, I personally understand how PTSD can come back upon you. I believe the diagnosis of Agent Orange exposure causing bone marrow cancer in my own body brought on some of those effects. And so my heart goes out to guys out there. They might be in their 50s, 60s, or 70s. They might be in their 20s or 30s. And PTSD is something that they're struggling with. So I'm going to be talking in upcoming episodes about how to receive help and how the Lord can help us and how the country is set up to help those who are struggling with PTSD. So with that, I pray that you will tune in to all of these podcasts stay with me as we go from week to week because I really believe the Lord's got a message for all of us and I believe that maybe you should contact some people that you know who are veterans and maybe have them listen to these podcasts. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the podcast. So with that, maybe there'll be something there I can help you with and I truly believe that we can help each other. That's why I started a ministry called Vets Helping Vets because I think it's time that the veterans start helping each other. Rather than looking for someone else to help them, which is fine, we need to start helping each other. Veterans need to reach out to veterans. And I know there's a lot of groups and there have been for many, many years, but many times I'll run into a veteran and he's he's alone. He's by himself. He doesn't know how he's going to deal with it. He's struggling with physical problems or emotional problems. Quite frankly, I've had a lot of veterans recently are in, who are young men in their 20s and early 30s who are really struggling with the, with the challenges they faced in, in places like Afghanistan and when they went overseas. So a lot of those guys did, you know, one and two and three tours over there. Fortunately, I only did one one-year tour in Vietnam. I have no idea how these guys today, these men and women, can go over and serve three tours in a place like Afghanistan. But I know the Lord can help them, and I know we can come together, and we can reach out and help those people who, who need to be identified, need to be offered help. And I hope that these podcasts will be of value to you and to those who served our great country.
before I close this episode, I, I think it'd be good to give you some, some comments from the Veterans Administration. By the way, all the material that they give is you can find online. It's very reliable and it's stuff that will help you understand what you may be facing or what other people may be facing. The Veterans Administration has a list of areas where, where problems of physical or mental disabilities can be taken care of or helped by the Veterans Administration. Things, issues like physical issues like arthritis, asthma, um, back pain, bronchitis, cancer, chronic fatigue syndrome or COPD, diabetes, fibromyalgia, head injuries, and on and on and on. I could just go on and on. There's just a huge list of them. And then there are those who are struggling with the, the mental challenges that they that people face, the issues such as, as, as quite frankly, headaches, things that are brought on through emotional challenges, uh, things like sleeping disorders and challenged with depression and, and major depressive disorder or bipolar disorders or anxiety or, or non-battle injury things that they can help you with or, or panic disorder, of course, PTSD, uh, schizophrenia and, and the effects of, of that and, and things that, that cause us to be just totally unstable. So a lot of that stuff, I, I wasn't going to read that to you, but I, I think maybe you can see that there's a lot of areas for help out there. And, and so encourage people to reach out for help. And when you find someone who needs that help, then if they won't go on their own, then maybe get some material and some things and bring them to them. If those of you who, the men and women who are veterans right now who are challenged with some of these things, you, you need to get help there. But, but most importantly, we need to get our help with a relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let me reach out to you with, with a couple scriptures I think that would be very helpful for you. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 22, in the New Living Translation, these words are, are written, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Another scripture, one of my favorites, is Hebrews 13, 16, in the New Living Translation. And do not forget to do good, and to share with others, for with such sacrifice, vices, God is pleased. And then here's another one, another one finally. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, in the New Living Translations. I hope that these scriptures will help you and also challenge us to realize that we need to reach out to each other. For those of you who are veterans, let's all be veterans helping veterans. For those of you who know a veteran, let's reach out to them. Once again, the Vietnam veteran loves to hear, welcome home. And every veteran, regardless of where they serve, loves to hear these words, thank you for your service. It's so inspiring when I go to a place like Home Depot or someplace like Costco and I give them my identification card and they say, on my driver's license veteran and they'll they'll look you in the face and say thank you so much for your service thank them and tell them i appreciate that and let's reach out to each other and help each other let me pray father i thank you for this opportunity that i have been given to do these podcasts to reach out and touch veterans and those who are associated with veterans and i pray now your blessings would be upon them all i pray that the veterans that are out there struggling with physical or emotional needs that they would be blessed as they read your word as they seek help through your word father and as they listen to these podcasts each and every week. And I pray, Father God, that as we go through here, we'll remember, Lord, that you are our source of strength. And so, Father, I pray a blessing upon each and every one. I pray that our veterans, Father, will live in health and they'll be strong and solid, Father, and be able to reach out to other veterans. Thank you for this opportunity. We'll give you the praise for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Our next episode will be number 23, and I feel that I want to focus predominantly on the Agent Orange issue, where it came from, where we're going from here, and how to deal with it today. Because Agent Orange is something that's affecting so many lives. Recently, I heard and I've studied and, and researched it and found out there's a possibility that the Agent Orange that went into the Vietnam soldiers, into their blood now, because that's where it lives, it, it hides in the human body, and that it's being passed down to new generations. We need to be prepared for it and need to know how we can help others. So if you're interested in hearing more about these teachings, other than these podcasts, you can visit my website at davidcfriendauthor.com. If you want to subscribe to my podcast, they're on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray God will richly bless you.